it is a crazy time in the news, as always, with you-know-who in the White House, but we're really trying to stay focused on the important issues, and self-driving cars and consumer protection are a huge issue, an enormous issue, and an issue that has been very closely watched by our friends at Consumer Watchdog. You can find them online, consumerwatchdog.org. It is that great time of the week when we check in with our friend Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, the spelling, Jamie Court, the president of Consumer Watchdog, and if you were to go to Consumer Watchdog, watchdog.org right now, you would find that they have on their front page a story about Uber and self-driving. Well, actually, I guess it's not Uber. It's, well, maybe it is about Uber. It's about everything. It's really about self-driving cars is what it is. And Jamie, it's always great to have you back on the Norman Goldman Show. My pleasure to be here. Well, Jamie, with self-driving cars, if I remember where you and I left off, and we've spoken about this a lot, the city of San Francisco got really, really mad because they said, hey, Uber, you're testing self-driving cars on our streets without permits, and we got video of them running red lights, right? So, and Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong. Uber says, okay, we'll leave. We'll go to Arizona. Arizona has no regulations about testing self-driving cars on public roads. The governor, Republican, says, come on in, test and test. And so as soon as they go in, boom, there's a car accident. Now, fortunately, nobody nobody died. And, and in fact, the police even say it was the human driver's fault. But, Jamie... It, this had to happen. I mean, really? So where do we go from here? Well, look, we knew this was going to happen because it happened in California, but at least when it happens in the Golden State, we get information about how it happened and why it happened, and we get a chance to you know, scrutinize the technology. So when Uber didn't want to submit information about its accidents and problems in San Francisco, DMV threw them off the road. They went to Arizona, and this is what happens when you don't have rules that require when you have test driving not only certain protocols but also certain disclosures so we only know what the police said here and according to the police report cars were seen driving through red lights in san francisco in arizona it appears that the driver of the other vehicle in the crash who was at fault but the accident really raises the question of, of who's at fault when a robot car causes a crash i mean the fundamental problem here is drivers of other vehicles may have been technically at fault, but it could well be the case that you know a robot car doesn't behave like a human-driven car. And those expectations, the difference between the way robots drive and the way humans drive, are what causes accidents. And we're going to have to totally re-examine the rules of the road if we get more robot cars. We're going to have to rewrite the rules of the road and getting information from Uber about these crashes. And we think there needs to be video, radar information available will help us figure out what really went wrong. Because the key in, the key in robot cars and why they're really so far off in the future is, and even the, the, the people and the, and the companies themselves agree to this, it's, it's the interaction between the robot cars and the human drivers that are the area of concern and requires research. Um, all the data about the crashes have to be made public because we need to look at the interactions there. And right now, only the company knows. The company needs to make it public. My concern is shared by uh, the CEO of Ford, who said recently, uh, Bill Ford, at a technology conference, you know, it is the ethics of autonomy that we have to acknowledge and examine and come up with as a society. It's amazing the CEO of Ford is where I am, which is, I want to know when that robot car is driving down the road that it's going to swerve to avoid the toddler on the road, even if there's a chance it might kill the occupants on the road. But the people who build those cars, like Mercedes, are going to make sure they protect the occupants because that's where they have legal liability. Those are very different rules or values than any one of us. I would say 
almost you know nine out of ten human drivers. I'm not going to account for that weird one percent. Will swerve out of the way if a little kid's in the road, not knowing sure. what's going to happen, but trying to save their lives. Sure. And we need to make sure those human values govern the roads. Well, Jamie, there's one other issue here, which. I would like to see investigated in that Arizona accident. And now that that seems to have gotten everyone's attention. But, Jamie, if I'm driving down the road, right, and you and I drive, I mean, everybody drives. We're driving down the road. If I see a car with no driver in it, I mean, that's going to cause a reaction in me. It's going to cause me to kind of say, hey, wait a second. Car going down the street with no driver is kind of weird. We haven't even, I don't think, in the ergonomics of the thing, taken into account how humans are going to react when they see cars going around with no drivers. I mean, the cars are going to look weird themselves, right, with all the technology on them and stuff. But, I mean, it's just, it's these human factors, like the one you just pointed out, where you have to make a split-second decision. Do I swerve into oncoming traffic or do I run over a baby? I mean, computers just can't do this kind of stuff, can they? I think computers, only when they're programmed correctly, can have certain priorities. And I don't, I always worry about the rule of the engineers versus the rule of the human beings. I've seen this time and again with technology. You know, there was a Google engineer who thought it was a great idea when they were going around with mapping the world with the, the Google Maps to collect unencrypted Wi Fi because why not? Let's just suck it in, man. You never know what you can use it later. Turns out they collected lots of secrets from a lot of people, and it was illegal constituted wiretapping, paid a big fine. But some engineer thought it was a great idea. I don't want those cars programmed in the Silicon Valley or in Detroit without the public telling the computers whose life matters. Because corporations, and this is the scary thing, corporations are artificial entities with human rights, right? They have legal rights to exist, but they, you can't put a corporation in jail. What happens when they get control of an artificial intelligence that operates similar? without that human element, without the humanistic rules, without the values, without the morals, without the ethical customs. you got to program that in a computer. You can't do that behind closed doors in a corporate uh, uh, plant. you got to do that in Congress, in the Senate, in a, in a regulatory agency, and the public has to be part of that process. That's what Bill Ford was talking about when he said the ethics of autonomy. Now, I think he'd probably like to have responsibility for programming those ethics, but that is the big question for this technology. What are the ethical rules? And there's also some issues with how effective this technology is. You see in Arizona, there's certain things it can't do. But every time there's a crash, we're going to come back to these same ethical questions, and we better deal with them now because the public's not going to let these cars on the road until we have answers. You and I are talking to Jamie Court. We spend some time every week talking with our friend Jamie Court. Find him at ConsumerWatchdog.org. And if you go to the front page of ConsumerWatchdog.org, you will see the article about this crash in Arizona between a human driver in a car and a self-driving vehicle. And, Jamie, now that we have had this thing happen in Arizona, and I note that in your article, ConsumerWatchdog.org, that San Francisco is now saying, okay, we'll issue you the permits, come on back let's do this in an organized fashion jamie i'm concerned about the rush this seems to be this kind of demand for breakneck speed and just rapid pace just to rush this stuff on the road for the commercial advantage i mean can can we use this crash in arizona to try and get everybody to just take a deep breath calm down and let's do this right i mean i'm not a you and i are not averse to the to the technology but let's do it right let's not get people killed in the process i mean can we slow it down now with san Francisco coming back and permitting. Can we get this done right? I think so. I think it's going to take 20 years, though. I think there's going to need a separate infrastructure for robot cars and vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communications and a big investment of public funds. We can't do it right 
if robots and humans share the same roads. That's the cheap way. That's the dangerous way. You need a separate infrastructure. And you need people with the right to drive, and you probably need cars either in self-driving mode or cars that can only operate in self-driving mode operating on a separate infrastructure where they talk to each other. That's the only safe, safe way to do it. That requires new roads. That requires uh, you know, a serious commitment of, of time and thought and effort and planning and also infrastructure that you know uh that and sensors and 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 that that is something that the industry may not want to invest in before it starts deploying the cars because they're kind of in this competitive race it's something that government should make happen every technology's worth their salt acknowledges that's the right way to do it but we're very likely to do it the wrong way people are likely to die we're likely to have this war with corporations that are pushing this technology very fast because they can make money on it. And I think it's going to backfire on everybody if we don't find the right way to do it. Jamie, everybody's focused, of course, on politics and what's going on in Washington, but I'm really, really glad we get to take some time each week and talk to you about consumer issues that are, of course, enormously important to all of us as we go about our lives. And this issue of self-driving cars is here now. It's not some deep future thing. So I'm really glad we get a chance to talk about it. Jamie, I always appreciate your time. Check out our friend Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T at ConsumerWatchdog.org. Check out all his great colleagues there. They're doing our great work for us. They're the best consumer group, in my humble opinion, out there. And Jamie, thanks again. We'll talk to you next week. My pleasure.